Good evening. Good evening. You know, I know in Bangor they say good evening and they get a good response. <laughs> so <laughs> I say good evening to you. Good evening. Good evening. Amen. One of my favorites, and we, we shouldn't get tired of singing these at this time of the year, is number 79. <clears throat> oh, come all you faithful. We don't generally sing the, the carols all year round. Nothing wrong with doing that, but it's usually in December. So we'll sing to the glory of God. We'll come all you faithful, joyfully, triumphant. we come to the chorus my understanding is that the ladies and you can keep me right Sylvie the ladies sing Diane the first line and then in the second line do the altos and that come in and then the men come in on the final line all right just just so we we know for tonight
take our seats. We'll sing this final verse again. Amen. Lord, we bless thee. Born for our salvation. Keep that in mind. Why the Savior came. Why he was born. It was for our salvation. Ah. very especially to remember in prayer our sister Margaret Keary who is still in hospital and Derek McLaughlin who has been moved from Antrim to the cottages right beside the Lodge Hotel <coughs> or the cottage maybe it's just the one the singular and of course Desi Moore who took on well he got out of hospital but uh, Desi took very unwell and we want to remember Ryan's dad before the Lord and the school's ministry. <coughs> Pardon me, we had a lovely time this morning with the children who were able to come. This is the last day of term for them, uh, and I think that 50% of children don't turn up at school on the last day when you get off at half past 11. But we had a good representation from the school this morning, from the model school, and a lovely time together, and the presentation of God's word, which is the most important thing. So let's pray together, let's seek the Lord. Our Father, we thank you that there is a meeting place with our God, a heavenly throne that has been set up in glory. And you have given us the right to approach this throne whereupon the Lord himself sits in splendor, in glory, and in majesty. And we would say in the words of the hymn, O come, let us adore him. We thank thee for our dear Savior, we thank you again, and we've been thinking about this at every service during this month, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. And we thank you that we were singing tonight that he was born for our salvation. The reason why we have the babe in the manger is because we have the Christ on the cross. And it all culminated at the end of his earthly ministry with wicked hands taking him, mistreating him, beating him, until he was unrecognizable, his visage marred more than any man, and then nailing him to the cross at Calvary, where he was lifted up to die for our sins, to die as the scripture reminds us, the just for the unjust, that we might be brought to God, we being the undeserving, guilty sinner in the sight of God, and yet the just one, the holy one of God, he died for us, took our place, was punished in our stead, bearing the wrath of God that we deserved so that we might go free. Thank thee for the day that we were saved, brought into Christ, 
when the Lord made all things new. And we thank you for the, the evidence of grace in the fact that we grow and we go on with the Lord. We believe in the, the perseverance of the saints. Thank thee for grace every day to live the Christian life and to die to self and to live unto righteousness and unto Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for today and the school's ministry, the model school children coming in here to have their final assembly for each one that gathered the songs that were sung, prayer that was offered, and the presentation of your word by our sister Christina. Lord, that word has gone into many hearts today, not just the children, but some parents and staff members that were there. And Lord, we're not depending on ourselves. It's not the oratory of man. It's not the cleverness of a preacher. It's not the construction of the message, but it is the power of God as he takes his word, his all mighty word, and applies it to the heart and to the conscience of men and women and children. And that is what brings light. That brings understanding. That brings, Lord, conversion. For the entrance of your word, giving that light, is able to bring men to Christ. And Lord, we're asking for that work to be done even at this Christmas time. We've been thinking much about the gifts and we give and, ex and receive the gifts at this time. And we've seen so often the application in the greatest gift given, which is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it is our desire that as gifts are received at this time, that there will be the reception of the greatest gift, that men will be saved, born again, brought to Christ. To the end, bless our final meetings on the Lord's day. May our Savior be exalted, may he be seen, may souls be drawn out after him. We do remember the, the names that were mentioned tonight, and we want to commit them into your care, our sister Margaret. We think of Derek. Lord, we pray very especially for Desi. And you know their individual condition, their personal needs, that special touch physically in their life that they need. And, O oh God, we commend them to your grace, to an all-wise God, to a God who works all things together for our good and your glory. And we pray that the touch of the Master's hand will be felt at this time and recovery will be experienced. Continue to remember our brother James Wallace, now at home, that you'll strengthen him and bless him. We thank you for Eamon with us tonight. and You've helped him. Lord, we pray that you'll continue to keep your gracious hand upon him for good. Bless each one that's here, every family that is represented, our homes at this special time of the year. Lord, may we know your blessing resting upon us, the outpouring of the Spirit, the blessing of Christ's presence, who has promised to be with us even unto the end of the world. Here, these are prayers because we offer everything by way of petition through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Number 85, thou didst leave thy throne. And I keenly crowned when thou camest to earth for me, but in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. And again, it's, it's one of my favorite hymns at this time of the year. 
Let's sing it well. Huge welcome to you tonight at the midweek service and this Christmas week. It is a delightsome thing to see so many at the prayer meeting. It really encourages our hearts to see that, that you haven't forsaken the house of God or the place of prayer. So each and every one, welcome in the Saviour's name. Those tuning in on the internet, also welcome to you if you're at home. And uh, welcome again to Florentina. Florentina sings out, uh, if you could see what I could see, she sings. I don't know what she's singing, but she sings out her heart. And uh, that's just lovely to, to see the effort that is made. The Lord's Day continues as usual with the early morning prayer meeting at 8 o'clock. And 
The Sunday school at 10.30 is an open Sunday school. The Bible class is at a quarter to 11. And Mervyn continues with the theme songs for the season. The worship service, 12 noon, we come again to the family of Jesus and we come to the most important member of that family on the Lord's Day. And then our Christmas Eve service, we have brought it forward to 6 o'clock, hopefully to facilitate families and the worship of God as families and children coming. And again, members of the church will take part and will not be prolonging the meeting in any way, but we will have a cup of tea afterwards and if ladies can bring mince pies and shortbread, just something something nice, something simple, uh, so that we can have a wee time together before you go home. I've got this appeal again, just about sunbeams. I'm not too sure if there's been a cure at the door, Julie, but um, Julie is desperately in need of help at, at sunbeams. Any members are available. If you see Julie McLenahan about that, especially now coming into the new year in January, when there'll be so many children um, coming to sunbeams. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, as it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Even as we come towards the end of the year, and we one one more, um, don't we? We one more next week? Yeah, we should have. And uh, two more Sundays before we get into the new year. Uh, let's pray as we leave the old year behind to be drawn nearer nearer blessed Lord to the cross where thou hast died see when you see the word nast it's hast okay I think the, the line of the H has gone that way alright it's tilted for some reason
Let's open our Bibles to 3rd John. 1st, 2nd, and then 3rd John. This one chapter epistle. And we'll read all the chapter. They're just 14 verses. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that followeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, that, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Ending the reading at the end of the chapter. Let's have a little word of prayer. <coughs> Or just in the quietness of the moment, we draw again to the presence of God, seeking your blessing upon what we've read and what we're about to say. And Lord, we do desire in the name of the Lord Jesus that you will speak to our hearts. And as we just bring ourselves before God with honesty and open our hearts to thee, may the word of the Lord come in. Do us good, encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us. I need the help of God to bring the message. And so, gracious God, give me the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with power. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. I think everyone knows that John wrote the fourth gospel. And he wrote three epistles. He also wrote uh, the book of Revelation. But when we think of the three epistles, his first letter was written to, to all Christians generally. It has no greetings. No farewells, no personal remarks. 
and hence it belongs to that group of the letters that we call the general epistles. It was written generally to all of the Lord's people. The second letter was addressed to the elect lady and her children. Some think that this refers to a godly mother and her family who were living in Ephesus at the time. Others see the church here and its members personified being the elect lady and her children. This third letter was penned to the well-beloved Gaius. And we're not sure about his identity. There were several Bible characters who have this particular name, but I think particularly of the one that the Apostle Paul baptized in Corinth. And it's very likely that this is the same individual. Whoever it might be, he had a good testimony as a child of God. We might well expect and do not wonder at John, the beloved disciple who who wrote so much on the subject of love, to express his affection and bond that he had for this well-beloved uh, brother, this fellow Christian, Gaius. And therefore he could speak from his heart as he writes, Whom I love. Paul loved this man. And he wished him well. In verse 2, he, he wishes above all things that he would prosper and be in health even as his soul Prospereth. His thoughts and feelings towards this brother were good and spiritual. He wished that, he, that his friend might prosper in health as well as in soul. Oh, the greatest blessing that you and I can have this side of heaven is soul prosperity and to really know the Lord as our Savior and then to have that good testimony and that walk with God and to prosper in the Christian life. And another blessing that we can have this scene of time is good health. We know that. Gaius already possessed a healthy soul. He was a man of God, walking in the love and fear of the Lord. He was a man of high spiritual qualities. He bore a good witness among his fellow Christians. He had a good name. And such was the testimony which reached the ears of John. We read it in verse 3, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So John received a good report about his friend. He heard about the reality of his faith, the sincerity of his religion, and the spirituality of his walk with God. He, he was a man of love, a man of generosity and hospitality. Look again at the passage before us. Verse 5. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and, and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing, of the Gentiles. Also verse 8, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Going down the chapter towards the end and we read about another man called Demetrius. And Demetrius also had a, a good name among others. Verse 12 tells us that he had a good report of all men 
and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Now, of course, not only were there men singled out and commended uh, for their godliness and their spirituality, but Diotrephes is also mentioned, and he's mentioned for his carnality and his sin. Look at verse 9 and 10. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. So if Gaius and Demetrius were examples to follow and to emulate, well then surely Diotrephes is an example to shun. John was desirous that the Lord's people followed the good example. And I'm sure you noticed it when he said in verse 11, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. And we see two godly men mentioned here. Follow them. And we see an evil man mentioned here. Don't follow that which is evil. Rather than being influenced and, and hindered by the diotrophesis of this world, they were to follow the godly example. Now having rejoiced in the news of his dear friend Gaius walking in the truth, John goes on to make the statement that we're taking for our text tonight in verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He is expressing a feeling that every minister, every church worker, every Christian parent desires and, and feels in his heart. Every pastor can speak these words about spiritual children. If we have had the opportunity to lead them to the Lord or they are just saved individuals, we certainly will speak these words that we have no greater joy than to see or to hear that my children walk in the truth. And every parent can say this about their natural children, children that they have brought into the world. Every Christian parent, we want our children to walk right in this world. We want them to walk with God. And so the little title of tonight's message, very simply, is The Joy of the Pastor and the Parent. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to say, first of all, that this text can be written negatively. You could put it the other way about, and it expresses a great truth. I have no greater disappointment than to hear my children walk in sin. Nothing saddens a preacher more than to see professing Christians walking in a manner dishonoring to the Lord and destructive to the body of Christ, especially those that we've been instrumental in pointing to the Savior. When God gives me the high privilege of leading a sinner to the cross of Christ, and that is a great privilege to the soul winner's joy, my great happiness and encouragement is to watch them grow and advance, make progress, develop, go on with the Lord. But how it pains 
my heart to observe any of them going back and not walking with the Lord. I, I could speak of some who have been led to the Savior, who have even progressed and helped others in the Christian life. And if prizes were to be awarded to those individuals, you would give them top marks, at least in those initial months, years, maybe, of walking with the Lord. You would, you would give them a first uh, prize. But alas, they've turned back and they're not walking the way that they once walked with God. They've been hindered in some way. They've turned back. And surely that's a cause of great sadness and great dismay to any preacher. Perhaps no apostle was so mightily used of God and so winning and church planting than the apostle Paul. But you know, Paul had his disappointments. We have Paul, the great theologian. We, we put him up there uh, in a high place as a great man of God, and so he was. We think of the, the sermons that he preached. We think of the, the churches that he planted and souls that were brought to Christ. But you know, Paul had disappointments in his ministry. Demas was one. I often think about Demas. He just turned for a moment to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. There's a lamentation here in the heart of the great apostle because this man has forsaken him. This is what the apostle writes as he writes to Timothy. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica. What sad words, really, we read here in God's word. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. Now remember what is recorded in Philemon and verse 24 concerning this man. And it's good just to, to keep this in mind. Philemon and verse 24. Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, and then these next two words, my fellow laborers. And Paul is mentioning the names in this verse of four men who were laboring together with him in the gospel, traveling with him, preaching the word with him, seeing souls saved undoubtedly, churches planted. And so here we have these men commended as fellow laborers of Paul. And now in 2 Timothy, and 2 Timothy is reckoned to be the last epistle that the apostle writes, he is lamenting over the fact that Demas has forsaken him. He's come back into the world. And that, that broke the heart of Paul. I know that. Some of the Thessalonians disappointed Paul. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11 and see what he writes here. <clears throat> For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. As he thinks about some of the people in this congregation, he said some, some of them walk among you disorderly. No walking right. In 2 Thessalonians, or sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, if you just turn back, you'll find that these believers by and large were valiant for the truth. They were Christians that really went on with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 1 
Verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you, for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men were among you for your sake and ye became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia for from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything but we don't need to say much about you because you know, your testimony has gone out there. This was an excellent church filled with excellent members. And they, they walked with God. They loved the Lord. And so we're saying tonight that, that by and large, the believers here were valiant for the truth. And yet, in the second epistle, he's writing words that are words of disappointment. Some were not walking right. They were walking disorderly. You know that Paul also grieved over the Corinthian church. It was one of the worst places to live, undoubtedly, in the midst of that immoral society in Corinth. And it seems that a lot of the immorality of that city rubbed off in the lives of some of God's people. And one of the worst things that, that was found among that congregation was division. And as Paul writes, <clears throat> he has to lament over the fact that news had reached his ears that there were those that were causing division among the people of God in that congregation and therefore they were just like spiritual babies even though they were saved for quite a while Paul called them just babes that's all they were uh, they were just causing division hadn't grown in the Lord hadn't walked with the Lord were not bringing forth fruit in their lives Jesus Christ himself spoke about disappointments that he had in certain churches in Asia Minor seven letters were written and you will know that only five are out of Seven of them, only two of them are commended for good things and nothing negatively is said about them. But the others, there were defects in those congregations. As the Lord wrote to each one personally, individually, he pointed out their defects, their sins, their faults. From the first one that we read about, the church at Ephesus, who had left their first love, right through to the church at Laodicea, whose love was lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, and were in danger of being spewed out of the mouth of Christ. And when you read those letters, and especially the first and last, you'll discover the Lord's lamenting over the defects that were found in those churches. So just as disappointment and sorrow fills the heart of any concerned minister when children, spiritual children, godly people go astray, so the same is felt by every sincere Christian parent. I know that. I know I can speak on your behalf tonight. When there's a prodigal in the home. There are all the blessings of grace being brought up in the truth. And yet they wonder. And we can say in, this, in the negative way that there's nothing more disappointment than when that happens. And they don't walk in the truth of God. But secondly, there are many things which cause joy in the heart of a preacher and a parent. It doesn't take an awful lot to make me happy you know in God's work 
And I rejoice in the little blessings that come and the big blessings that come as well. I'm just so glad when, when we see the Lord working. You know, when you get an increased attendance and more people come into the church, that brings joy. When the house of God is full and in some special meetings that we've had, even over the past year, we, we've had almost a full house, if not a full house. And when you stand up in the pulpit and you look down, it just brings joy to your heart to see such a sight. When you see new faces coming in, people that are in for the first time or they don't very often come, uh, it's just lovely to look down to the church and there's somebody new today. Um, we've had many uh, of those experiences during the course of the last year. When we hear of troubled souls, people sitting beneath the sound of the word and, and God is working in their heart, even though they haven't trusted in the Lord as yet, yet it blesses us to know that through the ministry of the word that God is speaking and God is troubling by the Spirit those individuals that sit and listen. When we hear of others coming to Christ and being converted to the Lord, that certainly brings immense joy to us. When financial needs are met, when meetings like this, the prayer meeting, is well attended, and I'm delighted to see so many here tonight in Christmas week. Keep it up. And we, we love, of course, to see our young people coming to the prayer meeting. And if you're that young person here tonight, God bless you. It does really encourage our hearts. When there's a good spirit of prayer, you know those prayer meetings that we have and just one after the other and the blessing of God just seems to be right in the midst of that. And we look back over the past year and we rejoice in those times when there was a tremendous spirit of prayer among us when we hear different voices in prayer. So if you're a different voice tonight, I want you to know that you will encourage me, you'll encourage the rest of the church even just to pray a sentence or two before the Lord when new workers get involved. And it's always lovely to see people coming and getting involved in God's work. And there's a great need in the sunbeams. Just put that in for you again, Julie. Just people offering themselves to the Lord for, for Christian service. And to see our young people progressing and growing in grace, that thrills our hearts. God's blessing too on the mission field. And we're a missionary congregation. We've sent out missionaries to various parts of the world. And for them and the other missionaries, when we hear of people being converted in the mission field, churches being established, and the work of God going forward, it brings joy. And parents take delight in watching their children grow, even growing physically. We're so glad when our children are blessed with good health. And all those things that you see the first time that you see them <clears throat> when they're born, <clears throat> the first smile that they give. They say that the first smile is usually wind. But I take that as a smile anyhow. It's just nice to see the children smile and uh, take their first step, the first word spoken the first day at school. Or maybe that's not a joy. Uh, that can be a great uh, source of lamentation when they go to school for the first time because they're out of the home Cassie's looking around, but it is. They're progressing. They're progressing when, they're, when that's happening. And if God blesses them in education, if he blesses them in, in employment, if he blesses them with a good partner in life, those are things that bring joy to us as parents. So there's many things that causes joy in the heart of the pastor and the parent. But I come to the heart of the text here in my final point. The highest source of joy 
in the heart of a pastor and parent is to see our children develop and progress and advance in the things of God. And this is what the apostle really is talking about here when he, he says in our text, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The one thing that really delighted John that encouraged him was this. Now what is truth? Said Pilate to the Lord. He did so in scorn. As though truth could not be discovered. But the real Christian knows what truth is. And knows where truth is found. God has shown and communicated his truth to us. And we have it in our hands tonight. In the volume of God's word. The scriptures are the scriptures of truth. We have it in our minds and our hearts as we read and study and meditate upon God's word. And this is the truth that John is speaking about tonight. It's the revelation which God has made to us concerning spiritual and eternal things in his word and particularly the gospel of Christ. Walking in the truth means more than to discover and embrace the truth. It means to live by it. Not just to have it up here in the head, but it is to work it out in your life. And when you see that in the children, the church children, our family children, that is what brings joy. Matthew Henry said, as it is a joy to good parents, it will be joy to good ministers to see their children evidence their sincerity in religion and adorn their profession. And this is so true. A true minister longs to see holiness, zeal, love, truth in the lives of his people. And when I hear of a good testimony, we've read about some of these testimonies that even reach our ears, when you hear about your people out there in society, in their workplace, and they're living a godly life, and the saved and the unsaved around them can speak well of them and speak well of their testimony. That is something that really, really blesses our hearts. My heart leaps. When we observe for ourselves the development spiritually in the lives of our people, it brings the highest sense of joy. One of the chiefest joys of any Christian parent and his children is to see them walking in the truth. And when our offspring walk this way, it makes us rejoice. What is more important than this for our families? Nothing, nothing. And to see our children coming to the truth and then to see our children walking in the truth. May the Lord grant that to all of us tonight. And may we see it in the church. And may we see it in our families likewise. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Oh, for a closer walk with God. And that is what we want for ourselves. It's what we want for our children. A calm and heavenly frame. A light to shine upon the road that leads us to the land. Let's think about the words and let's pray over them tonight. Thank you.
you say that? I'm just going to recap a little bit over the past week with you. And it was a delight to have our seniors in on Tuesday and have their special Christmas tea together. And I think that they thoroughly enjoyed uh, the good things that were laid on for them as they feasted well together. We had a very special treat, and that was to have the children from our school coming in and uh, singing to them. So that was something special for us. And then there was a little gift given to each of them, and Santa wasn't available, but we got the next best thing, and that was Florentina. And she gave out the little gifts to the seniors. Haven't got all, all the photographs here for sake of time, but I wanted to make sure to get that one up because Pat just loves her photograph taken. Her face says it all there tonight. Amen. Uh, Mrs. Kearns, we got you too. So we're very thankful to those that provide the tea and they do this work, this labor of love, uh, Tuesday by Tuesday. I want to thank the carol singers as well. Uh, we, we went around some of the homes on Tuesday night and uh, we were able to visit and to sing to some of those that are not able to get out like they once did. And so you made an effort, you came, and I believe the Lord blessed us. They had a wonderful night last night, I'm sure you'll agree. Anybody that came to the dinner, you've probably seen a lot of photographs on Facebook, those that have it, that Samuel took, and these were a few that I took at the start of the meal, so you haven't seen these ones yet, but there you have it, around 170 or so uh, came to our dinner and had a lovely time, and Phil can explain that one there, that was one of the games afterwards. And then this morning, I want to thank the office bearers that came in and helped with the school. Quite a few of the children came and listened to God's word, answered questions when questions were asked. And they sang uh, so beautifully. And we had many, many songs to sing. There's one you can hear. far side of the church, I think the older uh, primaries that were singing that song. I want to thank the, the model school for thinking about us and sending the children in and for the attentiveness of the principal and the uh, staff that came to look after them. Now we are in prayer for those that need the touch of the Lord. We mentioned some of the names at the very beginning of the prayer meeting and these are folks that we want you to continue to pray for faithfully before God and let's not forget about Israel and the warring and the land of Ukraine still going on but let's not forget these people that are in great need especially the witness that is being made among them and the gospel that is still going out despite the war
We say at this stage goodnight to those that are tuning in on Sermon Audio. We trust that you've enjoyed the word, been challenged by it, and the congregation now comes to their time of prayer. And so we, we leave you tonight. Thank you.